Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the Flock Up Podcast. Flock Up. Here's Mario Jerez. What's up, people? Welcome into another episode of Flock Up. I am Mario Jerez, Guarantee Podcast Network. Pelicans are 15 and 26, and the vibes are pretty good. Vibes are pretty good, in my opinion. I'm pretty optimistic about this team at the moment. And we actually sit here at the halfway point of the NBA season, at least for the Pelicans. They've played 41 games. Feels like it's been a really long season, but we're halfway through it, officially. And I have some thoughts. I think this team is trending in the right direction. And this is a team that's lost four out of its last six games. But bear with me here. This was a really good win against Minnesota on Tuesday night. And it's not so much the win, but how the Pelicans won. Another win in a close game. They're finally playing better in crunch time. Nice to see. We talked a lot about the struggles there in this podcast, but we will recap that game in this episode of Flock Up. Pelicans defeat the Timberwolves behind a big performance from Brandon Ingram. He's a beast. He needs to be an all-star. Also, can the Pelicans make the play-in tournament without Zion Williamson? I think it's possible. I think it's maybe even plausible. We'll talk about that today. Also, Josh Hart went on JJ Reddick's podcast the other day. Old Man in, in the Three. Old Man in the Tree. Old Man in the Three. Yeah, that's the name of it. <laughs> Old Man in the Tree is the book. Anyway, Josh Hart went on JJ Reddick's podcast and was talking about how he enjoys basketball again because of Willie Green. Last year, understand Van Gundy, he kind of lost his love for the game, and now he's having a career year, and not just that, he's actually having fun playing basketball again. Apparently, he was not last year. He made some uh, pretty interesting comments. We'll get into that. Another episode of Flock Up. So, let's start here. Like I said, halfway through the season, as we speak, the Pelicans 15-26. and 26. Record doesn't look great on the surface, but when you consider they started 3-16, and 2-12, and 12, doesn't look too bad. And there's a whole lot of basketball left to be played. 41 games, to be exact. So, 15-26, and 26, one and a half games out of 10th place, which is the final play-in spot in the Western Conference. Not necessarily not necessarily a play-off spot, but a play-in spot. You're only one and a half games out. And I usually don't even like to look at the standings until like the All-Star break, but we're now approaching that. And halfway through, fair game to look at the standings. And this team is literally competing. Maybe it's a stretch to call this a good team, but... They're quite literally competitive. 
not just in the games, but in the standings. One and a half games out of that final playing spot, you're in the mix. A lot less people are now talking about tanking and how that would be beneficial. And the team most certainly is not talking about that or thinking that way. So one and a half games out of 10th, only five and a half games out of eighth place, and only six games out of sixth place, which is the final playoff spot where you don't need to participate in the play-in. So very much in the mix. Standings do not lie. Numbers do not lie. So the Pelicans got all to that horrible start, 3-16, and 16, but they're playing a little bit better than 500 ball recently, like in the last quarter of the season. In the last 22 games, two games over 500, 12 and 10. Not bad after that horrible start. Again, this is very similar to the team from two years ago that started really, really bad because Zion was injured, but they showed a lot of resolve. They rallied, and before the season got canceled two years ago, or got postponed, I should say, because of COVID, the team made a little run, and they were within striking distance to that eight seed, which is why they were even invited to the bubble before they shit the bed there, and then things kind of went in the wrong direction. But things are going in the right direction with this team right now. And you see that reflected in the standings. So more than enough reason to watch this team right now. And good time in Southeast Louisiana, right? Football season's over around these parts. Saints eliminated, heartbreaking fashion. Thanks for nothing, Rams. And uh, LSU, not playing football. After whatever that bowl game was. Long offseason coming up for those guys. But region's going to pay attention. Even my man Musso on the show that I host, ESPN Radio Baton Rouge, was talking about before the show today, like, yo, we're halfway through the season. You want to talk more NBA? And I was like, hell yeah. So I'm excited to talk more NBA. And I know a lot of people around these parts are excited to consume more NBA. And it's always a lot easier to do that when the Pelicans are competitive. And they are right now. So, like I said, got off to the bad start, but 12 and 10 over the last 22. More recently, they went 10 and 6 before this deadly stretch uh, where they just lost four out of their last six. Uh, They went 10 and 6, good little run in 16 games, but then they lost four out of five in a really, really tough stretch of games against the uh, Bucks, the Jazz, the Suns, the Warriors, and the Raptors. But they rebounded nicely, rebounded really nicely Tuesday against Minnesota. And you at least kind of survived that stretch. It would have been a travesty if you went 0-5. And And, uh, frankly, to be candid, if the Warriors have Draymond Green and or Steph Curry in the one game that you did win, uh, that's probably an 0-5 stretch there that uh, that you're looking in the face. But this is the pros. You don't apologize for winning. And the Pelicans survived. And like I said... You at least got that one win against the depleted Warriors. So you'll take it, and you'll definitely take the win on Tuesday night against the Timberwolves. Like we said, Brandon Ingram, all-star caliber basketball, 33 points, 9 assists, 4 rebounds. I should have paused right there. 9 assists. That's a team high. And it goes to show how far B.I.'s playmaking has come because his scoring is world-class. Mid-range game continues to be elite. He's gotten better on defense, still kind of average, if not below average, but better than he was last season. I think he's at least improving on that end. But the playmaking, it's come along big time this season. And you've seen it in these games where the Pelicans are playing better in crunch time. B.I.'s getting to his offense. He's getting good shots, which was reflected in this game. More on that in a moment. But doing a really good job facilitating, finding his teammates, sucking in the defense and and finding the open man when appropriate. In the game against the Bucks that they won uh, not too long ago when uh, when Giannis and Middleton were, were out, 
he made a really nice pass to a cut in Herb Jones in the layup that clinched that game, the dagger layup by, uh, by Herb Jones. So the playmaking's coming along for B.I. He was great in this game, more on his performance in a moment, but he had 33-9-4. Josh Hart continues to have a career year. He had 21 points in the game. And then Herb Jones. Herb Jones continues to play excellent on defense. We'll talk about that later in the show, but offensively, He's really improved throughout the course of his rookie season. 14 points in the game for him. Really good win. Good team performance. Minnesota is a team that the Pelicans are competing with right now in the Western Conference. And kind of the trajectory of the teams are, are similar. You know, they're both young, up and coming. The T-Wolves with guys like uh, D'Angelo Russell and Anthony Edwards alongside Cat, who's a veteran, respected player in the league, one of the best power forwards. And you win... And you beat them again. You split the season series with them, which is good. And you held off the rally in the end, which is great to see. Playing a lot better in crunch time. Uh, one comment I do have to make is uh, I saw on Twitter that Carl uh, Anthony Towns, after the game, had made a comment during his press conference. And he said, let me pull up this, let me pull up this tweet. Carl Anthony Towns after the game said, we acted like we was just going to walk in and get a win and it was going to be sweet. I don't know what the confusion was. I don't know if we thought we the Warriors all of a sudden. This is from Dale Moore. Covers the Timberwolves for Blue Wire Pods. Timberwolves podcast. But this is what he said after the game. And uh, this is lame on a couple of levels. Like, a little disrespectful. First of all, this team split the season series with you without their best player in the lineup. No Zion Williamson. And Anthony Edwards said this same thing after the first time that the Pelicans beat the Timberwolves. He said this same thing. Not not exactly the same, but use the same terminology. And uh, we, were, we were playing the Pelicans. We thought we were going to get a win and it was going to be sweet. Edwards actually name dropped the Pelicans, which was a little more disrespectful, but you kind of understand. At that point in the season, the Timberwolves are supposed to win that game. But this time, clearly you're not supposed to win this game because this is the second time this team has beat you. And it's the second time the Pelicans take Anthony Edwards' best shot. He goes off in the fourth quarter of this game, scores 20 out of his 28 points. But for the second time, apparently... Anthony Edwards brought the best out of Brandon Ingram because in the first game, Anthony Edwards had a similar quarter where he scored close to like 20, I believe it was, uh, in the third quarter of that first game where the Pelicans beat the Timberwolves. But B.I. went tat for tat with them in that game, closed, the Pelicans won, and he did the same exact thing in this game. Whatever it is with Anthony Edwards, like whenever he goes off, Brandon Ingram goes off and turns it up a couple notches. Ha! <laughs> So don't know what it is, but Anthony Edwards has brought the best out of Brandon Ingram this season whenever those guys have faced off. And that was a clown comment by Cat in the postgame. Didn't didn't understand that. Huh. Like he had to have remembered he had to have remembered uh Anthony Edwards saying the same exact thing. And you shouldn't have thought it was gonna be sweet. Just like the first time the Pelicans won, you shouldn't you shouldn't have thought it was gonna be sweet. So don't know what that's about. Timberwolves Twitter, huh, not a very big place, uh, similar to Pelicans Twitter, but their fans were pissed at that game, and that was kind of funny, but didn't get that comment from Cat. Anyway, Brandon Ingram needs to be an all-star. Um, he is he has taken it to a whole nother level this year, like we said, not just with the scoring, but with the playmaking and just his overall leadership. Like, he's cool as a cucumber. 
He never gets mad. He doesn't complain about foul calls. And Jesus, my man, eventually, one day, Brandon Ingram will get a foul call. But you appreciate how he just plays through it. You know, he plays through a bunch of adversity, whether it be him not getting calls or Zion Williamson being out or him being on his fourth NBA coach in the last five years. Like, my man does not bitch. He does not complain. He just balls. And this is his team right now. This is Brandon Ingram's basketball team. He goes and everybody else follows right now. And you love to see it. He's starting to get a little bit more credit like throughout the like throughout the NBA landscape. Like nationally, he's starting to get some love. And he deserves it. He honestly deserves more. The Pelicans record obviously is the only thing that's holding Brandon Ingram back in that regard. And unfortunately, it's probably going to be what holds him back from actually making the All-Star game. But you can't deny that he's playing all-star caliber ball right now. And you can't deny that he is doing a great job leading this team. Again, this is his team. And he was awesome in this game. So we already went over his stats. Let's talk about how much better B.I. has been in clutch time. And again, clutch time is a literal tangible thing in the NBA. Clutch time is defined by a game that's within five points, five points of difference within the final five minutes of the game. So any game where the difference is five points or less within the final five minutes is defined as a clutch time game. And the Pelicans early on were awful in clutch time. They were one in nine in the first 10 games that met the criteria that I just laid down. And a big part of that was Brandon Ingram's play. Uh, Shout out to Will Guillory, who had access to these clutch time stats. Will Guillory of The Athletic, some dude from The Athletic. (laughs) Shout out to him. Does a great job. During B.I.'s first two years with the Pelicans, during clutch time, he was 46 of 138. He shot 33% from the field in clutch time, including 23% from three. Not good. Not good. And during that one and nine stretch in the first 10 games where the Pelicans lost one or where the Pelicans won one out of their first 10 games that was decided in clutch time. Uh, Brandon Ingram was one for 15 from the field. He made one shot in 10 games that were decided in clutch time in the final five minutes. Like, that's awful. That's really, really bad. But he has picked it up. He has very much picked it up. Because since December 15th, dating back to almost a month ago, uh, in clutch time, Brandon Ingram shooting nine of 14. Much better. Nine of 14, much better clip. And craziest stat of all is last year in clutch time, he only made six three-pointers, six threes, all a clutch time last season. In this game, he made three three-pointers in the final two minutes. Three threes in the final two minutes of this game, six threes in all of last season in crunch time. That is insane improvement. Brandon Ingram is looking so much more composed out there. He has taken much better shots. The moment isn't too big for him. He's not piss- he's not pissing down his leg anymore, like my man Coach Thirty says on Twitter. <laughs> Coach Thirty Five, my bad, forget that dude's name, but he's a superstar. He shouldn't care. Um, and Brandon Ingram's a superstar too. He should be an all-star. Like I said, probably not going to get there, unfortunately. But goddamn, bi, uh, what can you say? All three of those threes were big time, man. The first one on the and one to put the Pelicans up by six. Then he puts the Pelicans up two possessions, I believe it was, after that. And then 
the Pelicans look like they're going to blow it in the end. Uh, the T-Wolves get a big three. They tie the game right before the buzzer. But the Pelicans have a timeout left. Use it. Advance it. B.I. inbounds to Jonas. Or was it Josh Hart that inbounded? Yeah, Josh Hart inbounds to Jonas. Jonas gives it to B.I. B.I. top of the key three. Pfft, money. Money, baby. And you love the reaction. B.I. doesn't show emotion a whole lot of the time. But... Even the first time he made a game winner a couple years ago, I remember against Utah, like he gave a little fist pump. He showed a little bit of emotion, but he was still kind of keeping it cool. After he made this shot, he kind of let it hang out. Like he stuck it. He stuck the threes in the air, both arms. He showed some emotion, hugged his teammates after the game, got the shower during the TV interview with Aaron Summers. Like that was nice to see. That was fun to see. And everybody who always suggests that the Pelicans should tank always disregards the fact that this man has never won in his NBA career. He's been a part of some shitty teams, unfortunately, some injured teams. And he wants to win. He's tired of losing. He's not trying to tank. And, you know, this team needs to stay afloat quite literally hopefully knocking on all the woods Zion could come back at some point if not this season he's going to be back next season which is encouraging but Ingram I'm sure is not thinking like that he's trying to lead this team to the best of his abilities and not make any excuses and hopefully lead them to some wins and that wasn't coming to fruition early on in the season injury to Zion was devastating Ingram had that injury to his hip but he's back healthy now, and man, he's doing he's doing such a good job, like I said, leading this team. And uh, as far as the clutch time thing goes, that's a small sample size. It is, and like I said, Pelicans have still lost four out of the last six games. But those numbers that I, that I laid down that Will referenced in his article, very encouraging. And you see Brandon Ingram continue to evolve. And for this franchise that's uh, oft-criticized, oft-analyzed, it's not all Zion Williamson going forward. You got a superstar player in Brandon Ingram as well. And hopefully him and Zion can play some major minutes together soon or someday. So kudos to B.I. Pelicans started 1-9 in those clutch time games. Last nine, they're 6-3. Six 6-3 and three. Six and three in the last nine clutch time games. So... Getting a lot better there, the Pelicans. And like we said, they are uh, they're kind of rising in the standings. Or maybe I shouldn't say rising, but they're getting closer to that 10 seed, that 10 spot. When we started recording tonight, the Pelicans were one and a half games out. It looks like they will remain one and a half games out, but the Spurs are about to lose to the Rockets. So that means the Spurs are about to be in a three-way tie for 11th in the West with the Sacramento Kings and with your New Orleans Pelicans. So, 10th place is the final play-in spot. Uh, Right now, it's held by the Portland Trailblazers. And we just named the other three teams that are in the hunt, as they say in the NFL playoff race. But the Pelicans are in the hunt with the Kings and the Spurs. And the Trailblazers got some really bad news today. And we certainly do not celebrate injuries on this podcast. And we love Damian Lillard on this show. Damian Lillard is one of my favorite all-time NBA players. But he's going to have surgery on his abdominal. And he's going to miss six to eight weeks. 
This is a team that's already without C.J. McCollum. He's got a collapsed lung. Uh, He's out indefinitely as well. First-year head coach in Chauncey Billups. Some would say his hiring was controversial. Um, Either way, he's kind of still finding his way as an NBA coach, getting his first opportunity. And that organization, that team as well, uh, a mess right now. A mess. A, A bigger mess than the Pelicans, even. And uh, I don't I don't see how they're going to survive this extended period that they're going to have to endure without Damian Lillard. So the Pelicans, realistically, even without Zion Williamson, in a world where the Pelicans have reasonable health, knocking on all the wood, if at least guys like Josh Hart and Ingram stay healthy, not crazy to think the Pelicans can pass up Portland. A lot of people probably ready to stick a fork in them. And that's me. I'm people. I think Portland's done. And the Sacramento Kings, boy, would that be something if the Kings beat out the Pelicans for the final playing spot? Alvin Gentry would rub that so hard in David Griffin's face. And he should if that happens. A lot of Pelicans fans would probably be happy for Alvin in that scenario. But that would be heartbreaking. That would be soul-crushing. And now that I think about it, that would probably be par for the course for being a Pelicans fan. Because such is life when you root for this team. Can't have nice things. And some shit like that would happen. But hopefully not. And again, not crazy to think the Pelicans could outlast uh, the fighting Alvin Gentrys and the Sacramento Kings for the rest of the season. You've even, you've even seen some trade rumors pop up with Buddy Heald possibly coming back home huh, to the team that drafted him and coming back to New Orleans. But the Pelicans could compete with the Kings. Not crazy to think they could pass them up and route to that 10 seed. But that brings us to who I think is the Pelicans' primary competition. And that is the San Antonio Spurs. Spurs 15 and 25 right now. Um, Greg Popovich still coaching north of 70 years old. Uh, still, still doing as good of a job as he can, uh, given the roster that he has. It's been hard for those guys to attract free agents. Uh, they've lost DeMar DeRozan now. They, uh, they straight up don't have very much talent on their roster. Now that I'm looking down their depth chart, I mean, they're starting Keldon Johnson, Ye- Jacob Pertle. Huh. Um, Derek White, young veteran out of Colorado. Let's see. Devin Vassell and DeJounte Murray, who's a really good player. DeJounte Murray's solid. He's putting up 18.4 points, 8.9 assists, 8.2 rebounds, PER north of 20. He's a good player. But looking up and down this roster, Pelicans objectively probably have a little bit more talent. And right now, they're gelling better as a team. So am I crazy for thinking the Pelicans could beat out the Kings, the Spurs, and the dead Portland Trailblazers en route to the 10th seed in the final play-in. Like, that's not crazy. That's pretty plausible, if you ask me. Like I said, you have to hope for reasonable health, but it's possible. And and it's also quite possible that you match up with the Lakers in a play-in scenario, which how, how, how much fun would that be? Imagine pulling off an upset against those guys. Imagine Zion Williamson coming back in time for that series, and you upset the senior citizen-laden Los Angeles Lakers. That would be awesome. And it's not crazy. It's plausible. This can really happen. Like, as I'm sitting here saying this, I'm getting more excited to follow this team throughout the rest of the season. And again, not trying to get too high here. A lot of the times we try to not get too low and kind of follow the mob around this team that wants to paint everything as doom and gloom, but also can't get too high. 
That being said, given what we've seen from this team, given the people, given the guys that are fitting into their roles and improving, they can do this. They can make a run and at least get 10th place, even without Zion, even without Zion. Like I said, if you have reasonable health from this point onward, you could at least play like 500 ball. And with the way things are going right now, 35 wins, 35 wins might be enough to get you 10th place. And looking back on this season at the end, saying that you made the play in, you were playing meaningful basketball without Zion touching the court, potentially. Again, this is assuming he doesn't come back. Holding out hope that he can. The team is hoping that he can. Although he's in Oregon right now, away from the team, and people are freaking out. But the reality is, he was already back at one point doing one-on-one work, doing five-on-five work. Who knows? Down the road, maybe he comes back towards the very end and before a potential play-in run slash playoff run. But for now, without him, the team's playing well. And if they keep it up, they can maybe find themselves in the mix uh, for that 10th seed at the very end of the season. Halfway through the season, they are in the mix, just one and a half games out. And given everything that's happened, that's pretty damn impressive. So if you're a Pelicans fan, you should take that. So, yeah, when I saw the injury to Dame uh, earlier this evening, I really thought that that opened the door for the Pelicans. I still had a little bit of respect for Portland, even with the injury to, to CJ, just because they still had Dame, and Dame is Dame. But he's now out six to eight weeks. That That really opens the door, man. Let's see if the Pelicans can't fuck around and at least make the top ten. So, big win against the Timberwolves. Uh, I continue to be really impressed with Willie Green. There's a clip of him on Twitter just kind of celebrating, like letting out some emotion, similar to how we were just talking about with B.I. Like, Willie Green's really even keel. He's really, really cool. Doesn't show too much emotion. But he kind of let out, like, a let's go. Like, yeah. Like, that was that was nice. And he employed some really good strategy in the game. Like switching Jonas Valanciunas off of Carl Anthony Towns so he could switch onto him whenever the Timberwolves ran that action to get Cat the ball. Masterful coaching. Great coaching by Willie Green. And the team continues to play really hard for him. And more importantly, they continue to look like they enjoy playing for Willie Green. And when you enjoy playing for a certain coach, when you enjoy playing for your teammates, that leads to unselfish basketball. Ultimately, that leads to wins. And that's what you're seeing right now. You love it. Love what we're seeing from Willie Green. Uh, I replied to a tweet earlier today, ESPN NOLA 100.3. They're the flagship of the Pelicans. They said, how would you describe the identity of this team right now? And there's a couple different ways you can answer that. You know, um team led by bi really young energetic team that plays hard every night but the way i described it and the way i replied to that tweet this is a team that's finally growing with their head coach they're not just kind of flailing and and playing as individuals under a recycled coach they're playing as a team and they're growing with their coach who's a first-time nba head coach and you could tell these guys really relate to him And they've really been picking up everything that he's been putting down, even through the bad start, even through the adversity, even through the injuries. Willie Green, after everything that's happened, has had an excellent start to his tenure as Pelicans head coach, in my opinion. 
And his hire was kind of universally praised by, by the media. This was during a time where the media was shitting on everything the Pelicans were doing. Mostly fairly. Mostly that was fair. But the hire of Willie Green w- was kind of universally uh, praised. And yes, the start was rough, but everything that people were talking about before the Pelicans hired him is coming to fruition. The work he did with some of the young players that he worked with recently, Mikhail Bridges, who was actually a teammate of Josh Hart's in college, you're seeing you're seeing similar with Josh Hart. He got better play out of him. He got better plays out of other players in Phoenix, like Devin Booker. And you're seeing similar with Brandon Ingram right now, who, who's playing the best ball of his career. And is coming into his own as a playmaker and a leader and is finally becoming a closer instead of playing poorly in crunch time. Like you're seeing all the good, all the potential for Willie Green coming to fruition in the first half of his first season as Pelicans head coach. And that's got to be really exciting if you're a Pelicans fan. If you're Zion Williamson, that has to give you some hope for this team going forward. Assuming you're going to stay and not do something unprecedented and leave right at the conclusion of your rookie contract, thus losing a lot of money. But we've talked about that before, and we'll talk about that again in future episodes. But Sion's going to be here next season, y'all, no matter what. He's restricted after his fourth year. Worst, worst case scenario, he plays two more seasons here, or at least a start of two seasons from now, and then is traded. But that is absolute worst case scenario. I don't think that's going to happen. And again, that's a topic for another show. But my point is, Zion has to like what he's seeing right now from afar. And when he comes back, it's not going to be to a shitty team that he's just going to save. It's going to be for a team that's got a little bit of an identity. Starting to see that right now. So Willie Green doing a good job, and I'm not the only person to think so. Uh, Josh Hart went on J.J. Reddick's podcast. J.J. Reddick now retired, doing his thing as a broadcaster, uh, still has his podcast, The Old Man in the Tree, also working full-time for ESPN now, or part-time. Either way, he's on TV. But he had on Josh Hart, and Josh Hart, very candid in the interview. Definitely check it out if you get a chance. Um, He was talking about you know the fact that he's having a career year, and he gave all the credit or most of the credit to Willie Green. He said Willie Green is finally letting him play freely, letting him play to his strengths. We've talked about this a little bit on, in past episodes, but he also kind of opened up about the mental side of it. Like Willie Green is actually really positive. Whereas Stan Van, it sounds like it was really negative, was really grumpy all the time, was kind of one of those old school coaches that like wanted you to fear him, to respect him or some stupid shit. And J.J. Reddick was like, yo, I'm not going to talk badly about Stan. You know, I went to the finals with him when we were at the, when we were at the Magic together. I love that guy. And that's understandable from J.J.'s point of view. But it's clear that Josh Hart last year kind of lost his love for the game. That's what he said in this podcast. And he said that because of Willie Green, he's fallen back in love with basketball. And you see that reflected in his play. Career high points, career high assists right now. Continues to be one of the best rebounding guards in the NBA. It's really good to see. And Josh Hart, you got to love how aggressive he is in transition. My man gets a long rebound and he goes. He does not think about it. He called it during this interview with J.J. Redick, his uh, kamikaze move, when he just goes coast to coast, head down, doesn't think about it. Getting to the basket, he's either getting two, getting into a guy's chest and getting a whistle, or he's getting an and one. So all for the kamikaze layup from Josh Hart. He needs to continue to do that. 
kamikaze puts his body on the line you, you get it you get the gist but th- those were those were some pretty powerful comments from Josh Hart talking about Willie Green and again love what we're seeing from the first year Pelicans head coach um last comment I want to make as we wrap up the show is uh continue to be very impressed with Herb Jones and I thought it was interesting on the broadcast during this last game against the Timberwolves Antonio Daniels was throwing some serious praise on Herb Jones and he was saying he should be considered for all defense not first team all rookie not all rookie defense all defense I forget if he said first team or not but he definitely said he should be considered for one of the all defensive teams and I'm with that definitely not first team that's not plausible that's not going to happen but like second or third team, second team even even is kind of a stretch. He should at least be considered for that. I mean, you if you watch these games, you see the impact that he's having on that side of the floor. Just elite instincts. Really, really good basketball IQ. I'd call it elite IQ for a rookie. You could tell, again, he's a four-year player. He was one of the best to come through Alabama in a while. Honestly, objectively, SEC player of the year, SEC defensive player of the year for a team that made a deep run in the tournament. And it's kind of really translated like directly into the NBA. And it's incredible impressive and offensively he's also continuing to improve you see him shoot these shots a lot of them threes and he is not hesitating now he's letting that thing fly and in the last 10 games herb is shooting 41 percent from the three-point line playing a lot of minutes counted on heavily by this team now on both ends first just on defense but offensively now you see the improvement man i was thinking about this earlier Jackson Hayes, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, maybe unfair to call those guys busts up to this point. They're both at least they're both at least contributing something right now. Jax was really good in this past game actually. 11 points in the first half. I think he finished with 13. Really good in this game. Nikhil good in this game too. His stats weren't great, but did a good job not turning the ball over and kind of playing within the structure of the offense. But point I was trying to make is Nikhil and Jackson haven't really panned as well as people would like as first round picks, but Herb Jones makes up for at least a little bit of that. To get Herb Jones in the second round and for him to be as good as he already is, for him to be as far along as he already is, kudos to to David Griffin. Looking back on it right now, you know, the Pelicans record is what it is because Zion's been hurt. It's an unfortunate situation. It's a sketchy situation. Fair enough to say that even. But looking back from this point back, it's it was a good offseason for the Pelicans. Uh, Devontae Graham's, you know, not 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 great. Uh, not playing really good on defense doesn't give you too much besides being a really good shooter and he was off this past game but he's at least been clutch you got to give him that and there's been a couple of games where he's heated up down the stretch and he's been a big part of the pelicans winning a lot of these victories they've achieved and getting him was pretty good i think for the price that you're paying you could have gotten lonzo ball who's objectively probably a little bit of a better player but not worth it for the salary that he's getting. What you're paying Devontae Graham, I think, is 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 fair for what he's giving you right now. And to trade Steven Adams, get Jonas Valanciunas, that was a big, big upgrade, man. Uh, combine that with what you're getting from Herb and hiring Willie Green. And not too shabby of an offseason, at least looking back on it right now. So, not on Herb. Huh, print the shirts. They already had the shirts. I need to get me a not on Herb t-shirt. 
but don't think he'll make first team all defense. Needs to be at least first or second team all rookie and needs to at least be in the game, in the all-star game, the rookie sophomore showcase, whatever it's called this year. Ha! But shout out Herb Jones. He continues to ball out on both ends now, not just on defense. So Pelicans 15 and 26, 12 and 10 in their last 22, halfway through the season. Oh, the Pelicans got the LA Clippers tonight. Pelicans already have two wins against the Clippers this season. Um, We will recap that game in the next episode. Look ahead to the rest of the schedule. If you have any thoughts on anything I said, please tweet me at Mario underscore E underscore Jerez. And we could talk Pelicans. Again, a lot of people, uh, a lot of... A lot more people around these parts, more a little more interested. Uh, football season over, at least if you're a Saints or an LSU fan. And basketball season officially underway. And the Pelicans, a lot of doom and gloom uh, around this team. But if you've actually been watching, if you've actually been keeping up, you see the improvements and you see the small signs for hope. And I have a little bit of hope right now. Let's see if the hope is realized. I am Mario Jerez. Thanks for listening to another episode of Flock Up here on the Guarantee Podcast Network.